0: 20 to receive $20 off your first month for listening to this podcast. Switch now at Visible.com. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month.
1: Hey and welcome to The Short Stuff. I'm Josh, there's Chuck, there's Jerry, in for Dave, and this is Short Stuff, the Happy Foods edition, which I'm good with. I like Happy Foods. Did you remember this from your past, my
0: friend? What do you mean? You wrote this article. No, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, this is back when we were at houseofworks.com and this was a Josh Clark special. No, I did not.
1: I have no recollection of it whatsoever, Chuck.
0: You know why? It's because I uh, sent you the file. I cut out the—remember, we always had to do this kind of corny couple of paragraphs at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I cut those out. <laughs> okay, all right. But you might have remembered that.
1: I mean, listen to this sentence. GABA is produced during the Krebs cycle, a physiological process by which nutrients are converted to energy for cellular use. I should have seen my own genius in that amazing sentence.
0: Let me ask you, honestly, when you were reading this, were you like, oh, God, this this stuff?
1: A little bit. I was like, wow, that's a pretty ancient Cornell University uh, study and... I'm sure those 277 participants were probably undergrads getting extra credit. So, yeah, I did beat up on myself a little bit.
0: Well, this is a Josh Clark special, and it's about how certain foods can make you happier, and some foods can make you maybe tend toward depression Mm -hmm. or a little down. And it is not just, we're not talking about comfort food. We are going to mention that briefly, but it's, it's, it's science, right? Science. Yes, thank you. So
1: yeah, and there's a distinction that we'll get to: happy foods and comfort foods. I call them happy foods. That's another thing. I was like, that's a pretty doofus thing to call them. <laughs> I feel. But what's weird is I feel comforted knowing that I was criticizing myself. It all just seems right and normal now. <laughs> but um, we're gonna call them because I call them that back in the day, back in the aughts. Happy foods, which are foods that actually can affect your mood, whereas Uh, like, directly through physiological action, whereas comfort foods are things that have uh, uh, an effect on your mood through psychological processes.
0: Right. Uh, And if you're talking about the brain and the transmitters, there are a couple that are largely responsible for our moods. uh, Inhibitory, and are we going with excitatory or excitatory? Excitatory. I I thought so. I just wanted to make sure you wrote it. (laughs) I'm just deferring to the author. This is so bizarre. So uh, excitatory uh, transmitters, we're talking about like norepinephrine. (laughs) Norepinephrine. Did I say it wrong? I think you said norepinephrine, too. (laughs)
1: Like norepinephrine.
0: Man, she's been making appearances all over the place lately. Yeah. There's Uh, a lot of body body
1: parts that sound like her.
0: (laughs) Uh, They stimulate... She passed away, right? Oh, did she? Yeah, she did. I'm pretty sure. One of the greats.
1: Yeah, she really was one of the greats. Like, I don't want to say... you know unsung like she was hugely successful but yeah i think she was even even more of a genius than she gets credit
0: for yeah one of the great writers uh so where was i i was with epinephrine. they stimulate our body they stimulate our mind but it can be too much mm-hmm. and what you need is a balance of those excitatory neurotransmitters and the inhibitory which provide uh, which gives things like serotonin to kind of balance things out and that's kind of where the true good mood lies
1: Right. As I put it, ultimately the best moods are found when there's a balance between these two types. I remember thinking, like, best and moods. Some, and what some a cognac. Stupid sentence. <laughs> so the thing is, is like when, when we start producing these neurotransmitters like serotonin or norepinephrine, like we actually make them out of the food that we eat. We eat the food. Our bodies break down the food, and we use those as building blocks, as constituent nutrients, as building blocks for things like neurotransmitters. So there are actually foods that can aid in our mood. And a big one, serotonin is a really big neurotransmitter, one of the biggest. And it's it's frequently considered uh, like a a happy neurotransmitter. It's uh, an inhibitor. It kind of says mellow out norepinephrine. It helps you kind of stay calm. Uh, stay relaxed, uh, ha- be in a good mood. And there's a lot of foods out there that actually help you make serotonin.
0: Yeah, it says put on When Harry Met Sally <laughs> and have some turkey and bananas. And you're like, well, that's not a w- very good combo. And they said, well, add some spinach and that'll really tie it all together. Yeah, But those things are all very high in folate. Uh, and that's a B vitamin that uh, serotonin needs to be made.
1: And folate and tryptophan too. And tryptophan is is remarkable because it can go directly into your brain. It can cross the blood-brain barrier. And interestingly, serotonin can't cross the blood-brain barrier. So since tryptophan directly is translated into serotonin in the brain, you're basically feeding your brain serotonin when you eat turkey and bananas and other tryptophan-containing foods.
0: That's right. Uh, I say we take a break. And we're going to get back and I'm going to let the author speak to the Krebs cycle right after this.
1: All right, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. Because in Monopoly Go, you can team up with your friends for timed tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. It's
0: very nice. All right, Dr. Krebs. The Krebs cycle. GABA.
1: It always reminds me of um, the Adventures of Pete and Pete, because I think there's like Krebco or something, was like the generic company that they always. Oh, was it? I think so. But it reminded me of the Krebs cycle. So um, GABA is GABA aminobutyric acid or GABA. Everybody knows what GABA is. It's called nature's valium, or so I said, in quotes. (laughs) And it is indeed made during the Krebs cycle um, where you convert energy uh, for use, nutrients converted to energy for later use. And um, GABA helps you sleep. It helps you mellow out. Um, And it's based on what we get from foods Uh, called glutamates. And I think those are actually also the basis for umami, too. Isn't that correct? Glutamate. Yeah, that
0: sounds really—all this stuff sort of was ringing some bells. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the idea is if you eat something like sesame or sunflower seeds, or if you're a meat eater and you like pork and beef, you're going to be getting a lot of that glutamate, and that's that amino acid, which is a a big— it's not GABA, but it helps make GABA. Yeah. And that uh, can—glutamine— did I say glutamate?
1: I've been saying glutamates, but it is glutamines, and I'm sure there's a pretty substantial difference between those two.
0: Right. So glutamine, hold your emails, is what we mean. And that can transcend the blood-brain barrier. And so you're going to have, you know, a pretty uh, significant impact on your happiness with yeah. the foods that you're eating there.
1: Which is pretty cool to think like you're, like the foods you eat can actually impact your mood. You know, it makes you kind of want to, you know, nourish yourself. At right. Other times, though, you, you say, I don't want to nourish myself at all. I want to do the exact opposite of that because I need comfort food. And here again, we reach that distinction. Whereas those happy foods, those foods that can actually influence the production of GABA and serotonin uh, in your brain, um, those are different from comfort foods, which basically activate neural pathways of a happier time and that we crave to make ourselves feel better when we're not feeling very good.
0: Yeah, which is, you know, it's the difference of physiology and psychology. And, you know, what you mentioned is pretty true because I think I think if you did a survey of people, you would find that most people lean toward comfort foods that is something their grandma made or their mom or dad made or something like that when they were little – that reminds them of maybe a, a special time or happier time in their mm-hmm. life, yeah. or maybe a time when things were a little more simple. Uh, maybe, dare I say, Mister Hodgman, a, a bit more nostalgic. But you know, my comfort foods are those, like mashed potatoes and fried chicken, and mm-hmm. uh, is like sort of good old Southern home cooking is my comfort food because I remember my mom and my grandmother making all that stuff yeah. and and just chowing down on it when there was no regard. And that's probably part of it, too, as an adult who gets older and, like, has to deal with, you know, weight issues. Back when it didn't matter, when you were a child. Right. And you could just eat all of that stuff. And you had the metabolism of a of a gnat. And it just, uh, it, you could consume guilt-free.
1: Yeah. So comfort food's like.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was like, you just kind of took me back, man. Oh, man. So, like. What's some- your comfort food? I I don't know what my comfort foods are. Um I like sweet stuff. I like
0: sure, cakes,
1: too. um, cookies, uh donuts are big time comfort food of mine.
0: Is that childhood stuff for you?
1: So I've learned not to look too deeply into the psychology behind my comfort foods, or else I start weeping. So (laughs) I I just take them on face value. I'm like, this makes me feel good. This is the food I go to. You know, you
0: go Homer Simpson, which is fine.
1: (laughs) So um, with comfort foods, the fact is like donuts for me and fried chicken for you. Like it it under underlines the fact that like it's a really personal choice. But apparently, um, there are kind of commonalities between, say, like men and women. who, over who wants what when they're craving comfort food.
0: Yeah, there was a study in 2005 out of Cornell uh, that surveyed uh, close to 300 cisgendered men and women and found that women tend to seek uh, sugary things more than men do. Uh, men tend to seek out things like, uh, ooh, I do like soup, I gotta say, it's a mm, comfort food. Sure. Uh, soup and steak and things like that. Steak is a comfort food? Well, I mean, according to Cornell... But I'm saying for you, is it a comfort food? Oh, I mean, I love steak. I, I don't do n- know that I would say it's a comfort food. Yeah, necessarily. same here.
1: For me, it's like my body's like, get steak, eat now. That's how yeah. I end up eating a steak. It's not like I'm feeling down, Josh. I could really use a steak. That's never. Yeah, happened. like
0: it's it's a rainy day and <laughs> right. you're not feeling a little blue. Yeah, exactly. I like need a it. nice bowl of soup sounds really good, but right. not. Yeah, you're right.
1: Not a not a toilet bowl toilet seat size steak (laughs) it's not what i'm going for when i'm looking for comfort food
0: uh they also found uh that these cisgendered men tend to use comfort food as the reward while women might feel guilty about it uh and that there may be an evolutionary advantage for women when it comes to that this sounds awfully made up (laughs) oh you wrote it i
1: know I'm trying to suss out if I did make it up. I don't think I did. So it does sound editorial, though, that that this idea that um, if, if you are craving comfort food all the time and you just eat it willy-nilly, that's not typically good for you because the foods that we crave for comfort are not particularly nourishing or nutrient-rich or nutrient-dense. They may or may not be bad for your junk food, depending on your perspective about food. So— I don't know if that's like an evolutionary thing. That sounds like a segue that I forced, but who knows?
0: Well, there's also the idea that if you are not eating something, uh, the lack of that can uh, physiologically affect your mood because there's a fatty acid mm-hmm. uh, called DHA, uh, docosahexonic. <laughs> docosahexonic. I think he, I think that's it. Yeah. Okay, uh, this is a, a a fat, the most abundant fat found in the human brain, and it's very important for brain structure. And there's a lot of it in fish and shellfish. Mm-hmm. And they've done studies, and even though they're not um, they're cor- uh, correlative and not necessarily uh, causal, they did find links, and other studies have confirmed links that in places where people eat like Taiwan, where people eat a lot more fish, mm-hmm. and it's a big part of the diet then uh, people are happier.
1: Yeah, 10 times the prevalence of depression uh, in areas where they don't eat a lot of fish. And I do say, although this doesn't prove causation, it's a pretty good reason to eat more fish and other foods containing DHA. And that's true. I mean, like, what's the problem? Eat more fish. Like, if even if it doesn't say, yes, we link DHA uh, and lack of it to depression, just eat some more fish if you see a study like that. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I feel really defensive about about this episode. (laughs) I feel
0: bad that I didn't tell you beforehand. I kind of wanted to see what would happen. Well, if I'm being honest, I
1: hope you're ashamed of yourself for how (laughs) it turned out.
0: I'm going to keep doing this and just pop him in there every now and then, see if he recognizes. Well,
1: now I'm going to be on the lookout. (laughs) I'm going to be super paranoid. You got anything else?
0: I got nothing else.
1: All right. Well, since Chuck's got nothing else, I got nothing else. The humiliation ends here.